welcome to the first episode of Mad Femmes, the new podcast from Damsels in Discussion, where we will be discussing all things Mad Men Season 5. Today we will be doing a recap of Season 4 and our thoughts for the upcoming Season 5, which we have been waiting for since the finale of Season 4 on October 17th, 2010. Just a ridiculously long time. I am Brandy, coming at you from Seattle. I'm Shannon Bowen in Oakland. I'm Teresa Schechter in Brooklyn, and I was two years younger when this last season ended. And I am Rachel Horowitz from Oakland. Beginning almost, you almost have to lump the final episode of season three in with the trends for season four, because that is when the shit hit the fan and Sterling Cooper Draper Price was born, which... Is amazing. I love Sterling Cooper Draper Price. I really do. It's like my favorite thing of season four is watching them struggle to build this ad company and all of the shenanigans that they get up to <laughs> with their new accounts, like the Sugarberry Ham Caper in the opening episode. Yeah, <laughs> well, and the finale of season three was the when all that happened, right? Is is yeah. my memory correct? Because I remember that being that was an awesome finale for me. So that actually made me really excited for season four. And I feel like season four delivered on all my expectations. Oh, it's, it's my favorite season. I think, I think it's the best that they've done. That fresh start really invigorates things. But that, that season three finale, I think is the best Mad Men episode ever. Plus one. I agree. Besides the, the, jovial adventures of Sterling Cooper Draper Price. We also have Don's new life as a single man, which he lives in this sort of really dimly lit apartment <laughs> with a sad green couch. <laughs> and he doesn't seem to be taking to this life too well. I don't know. What, what do we think about single Don? Well, I think this is when the internet memes around sad Don came out. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best Mad Men memes of all time and all the hilarious sad Dawn photo screenshots are some of my favorite. And then I love towards the end when he's a little bit, he perks up and I think there's an awesome one I have. I'll dig it up. It's somewhere on my Facebook that's like sad Dawn this assholes and he has his aviators back on and he's smoking a cigarette. <laughs> it's just funny because, I mean, he had no tr- trouble at all seasons one through three constantly meeting ladies that wanted him and that he was going to embark on dangerous affairs with all of a sudden this opens and now that he's not with betty anymore like roger's trying to set him up with people and stuff it's really awkward no that he's you know he's he's got this regular um prostitute that comes to see him and like slaps him i don't know what that's about and uh mommy issues mommy issues And that the Bethany, that Bethany woman. I know everything about everything. I know everything about everything. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're going to say. And I'm going to tell you all this right now. But would you call me? (laughs) (laughs) See, Anna Camp is such a great actress um, who plays Bethany. She's just like marvelous. She was in True Blood. She's in The Good Wife now. She's she's really good. But I have to say, like, if I was dating some dude my father's age who only called me every five months. Are you saying you wouldn't give him a blowjob? No, I wouldn't (laughs) give him a blowjob. He took you to Benihana. okay? I think you're not factoring that in. (laughs) Benny 
Rihanna equals boy job. <laughs> no, I feel sorry for her. I don't like dislike her quite as much as I think the rest of you do. But I mean, that's never going to end up with that. I took her as Betty Mini-Me, right? <laughs> like, I like thought... maybe that's how Betty was in the beginning. Totally. I totally took it as he has a type, obviously, you know, and this is it. You know yeah, what I like... think is interesting about the Bethany thing? It's very, very sexual in a way that the rest of Mad Men isn't explicit that way. Like, she gives him a blowjob. Has anyone else yeah, done that true. in the show? And and then he's looking up at the windows of her residence and talking about all the girls touching themselves to sleep. Yeah, I was a little weird. shocked by that. That was a little shocking. Is it season three when he dates Bobby, that awful comedian's wife, and he, he like, ties her to the bed and leaves her there. I mean, we've gotten a little bit into sort of, like, kink territory, but I guess so. I think this is definitely the first time we've mentioned blowjobs on the show. So. Do you think he has a big teeth fetish, and that's why he chooses Megan at the end? Oh, poor Megan. Poor Megan and her teeth. I thought they... Megan's teeth was all anyone could talk about in 2010. <laughs> like, so 2010, Megan's teeth. I have to say that on, upon rewatching, I don't hate Megan as much as I did the first time around with this season. She's got a little spunk to her. And I think I don't really start disliking her until they get back from California. And then she's sitting in his chair and she goes, you know, I love you know that I love you, right? And it's like, really? I don't, I thought you were just flattered, but. Yeah, well, watching it a second time around, rewatching it in preparation for this, it it really, I liked her a lot more. I think I was just in disbelief the first time around because I was kind of waiting for a, it to be a dream sequence the first time <laughs> with the totally. proposal. I was like, when are we waking up from this, guys? But it was totally real. But, I mean, there's nothing wrong with her. It's just what she represents is Don thinking that he gro is growing by being like, I'm going to be happy. But really, he's just taking the easy route by marrying someone who admires him just the way he is rather than someone like Faye who's going to question him along the way. For me, the character of Faye is... For me, the most relatable character on that whole show, when he breaks up with her over the phone and oh. she's like, just get it over with, just tell me. And she knows what's coming and it's just, it's just awful and unfair. And I, and I just thought, I know Faye. I am, I have been Faye. Me and too. I don't hate Megan, but. Yeah, when she says, I don't want to go for coffee and then have to sit through coffee after you tell exactly. me. Yeah. My heart broke for her. It really did. I think that Dawn has, she reminded me of his Rachel Minkin relationship, mm -hmm. where it seems like through the, through the episodes and through the series, he's tried on women who are his equals. You know, he's, there's definitely something he gets from women who aren't as sort of vapid and vacant as the Bettys of the world. Even Midge, first season Midge, also. Totally. Yeah. Megan annoys the shit out of me because I think she has the worst judging character ever. My, her biggest flaw to me is marrying Don Draper. 
Well, because she's only seeing him on his best days. You know, it's like, yeah, he's yeah. being actually being a dad and, you know, enjoying himself in California. But we know that's not how Don is most of the time. So I found it really interesting when, you know, they make the big announcement that they're getting married, uh, Megan and Don. And, and Peggy's just looking at him in disbelief and is like, really? And I think that... I was just thinking about from Peggy, she must be like, how can you take me seriously and want to promote me as a strong woman when you dump a strong woman to be with this Barbie doll? Yeah, and I think it is awkward for Peggy because there are still people who think that she got her job through sleeping with Dawn. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, we already know that Megan has aspirations. That's, you know, what she tells Dawn before they sleep together in his office the first time. Super romantic. Um... So if if Megan is a copywriter when we go into season five, I think Peggy, Peggy is going to, ha- like, have it out for her because she represents what Peggy hates that people think she is. That's true. And I don't know. I saw the videos teasing the new season, and there's not a lot of Megan. So I wouldn't – I'm I'm really curious. I, I, I was totally in my mind over the last year and a half has been mulling over how they would open this. And now I'm actually kind of gearing up for maybe they're already divorced or separated. Megan was at the premiere, so she's obviously in the next season. Oh. Hmm. I think if she's not in it much, she's probably pregnant because Don doesn't really like being a dad very much. Can we go through a whole new season reset with him cheating on a wife all over again? The man has to evolve some way either devolve or evolve you know but just retreading his old characteristics seems like that would be a missed opportunity really and it would be him turning into roger basically which i don't need to see no one roger not (laughs) turning into roger is enough (laughs) you guys i find roger so adorable you, you were going to say something more than adorable, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> sex, sex, Really? No one likes him? I do. Roger's hilarious, but I can't, I don't, I don't know if he's very likable. You don't have to like him. It's called, it's called hate sex. He's <laughs> called hate sex. Teresa. The whole, hate sex, right? I mean, the whole, the whole thing with the, um, tobacco account where he was like pretending nothing happened and let all that other stuff happen oh my god what a wimp right i do hope that he rebounds a bit and becomes likable because i think just seeing the slow sad death of sterling is a bummer he's so fun so i hope that he gets his sparkle back (laughs) this season well let's talk about how he's um passing his sparkle on to Joan's baby. <laughs> like, what yeah. do we think of that? <laughs> what do we think is going to happen there? <laughs> Don't you hear, like, <laughs> no, you know that saying, like, you were just a sparkle in your dad's eye before you were born. I have never nobody, heard that. Nobody. <laughs> just imagine, okay. like, glittery semen. Just shooting. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know, I never understood that expression. You're, you're a twinkle in your dad's eye. I didn't understand that until very recently. You know what it means, right? Like the what? twinkle in his eye is him going, hey, let's have sex, baby. 
Whoa. My yes. dad never had that twinkle. Brandy, I, I think you used it. it wrong. <laughs> okay. We can cut that out, right? Anyway. <laughs> oh, it's CNN. I refuse to believe um, my dad ever had a twinkle or ever had that. Well, Roger did have some sperm that he ejaculated into Joan, and now she's pregnant. <laughs> so, is that better? Is that a better way yeah, to put it? Yeah, it's much clearer. It's much clearer. I appreciate a medically accurate description. Okay. Yeah, now I'm, now I'm with you. Jonah's going to have the baby. That was clear because she told her husband yeah. that she was pregnant. Yeah. If we've jumped ahead in time, she's probably already had the baby. Huh. Yeah. Uh, and her husband is hopefully dead in Vietnam. I know. Oh. I hope so, too. He's such a jerk. I thought getting shipped off was totally the sign that he's dead. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a rapist. Yeah, definitely. Rapist. Yeah. He's, he's like the fifth crewman on Star Trek. You know he's not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, what do you think? Is she going to have a boy or a girl? Let's throw down our bets now. A boy. You say boy, Therese. What I do you say think? girl. I say boy. Okay, I'll Roger go girl to go. Sooner. I'll go girl to go even. What I love about this season is that Joan gets ambitious. She finally gets some recognition that she's good at things. Lane is always giving her jobs and praise and things. And she seems to really like the power of it. So then to have a baby, I'm interested to see her at the office where that ambition goes. It seems like a, a flip switched in Joan this season where she is doing well at work and she did the thing that she thought she was supposed to do, which is marry a, you know, a doctor or a guy that can provide for you. And that turned into a nightmare scenario. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm worried about Matthew Weiner, And is that how we pronounce his last name? Weiner? I think it's Weiner. You know what? Let's call him Weiner. Well, here's the thing. Matthew Weiner and I, we don't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. Like what? Well, like... He doesn't, he thinks that Betty's a, you know, a fine mom. <laughs> he's always totally. defending her. And he's so surprised when people think Betty's a bad mom or a bad person or something. And he's constantly defending her. And now. She's not that bad in the first few seasons. I'll defend her up until season four, actually. But... Footnote, Brandy has watched the entire series in the last two weeks. So she knows. <laughs> That's true. So I feel that Wiener and I just don't see eye to eye on these characters. His interpretation of them sometimes just seems really off from how I see it. The fact that he thinks it's totally cool that Don ended up with um, Megan and not Faye, and Faye is getting like kicked to the curb totally, even though she's a fabulous character, it 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 just upsets me, and it makes me wonder where we're going in the next season. I think we need Team Faye shirts. Team Faye. <laughs> I think it would be awesome. I hope she does show up. Like, I hope that Peggy really does call her up to go for, like, a women's lunch. One thing I do think the show is missing is a long love story that takes you through the season or the seasons. I mean, all the love is really shallow in this show. And so part of me just kind of hopes that he marries Megan, he's unhappy, and he's still carrying on an affair with Faye. Even though that wouldn't be the best for her. But I don't know. Just something where it keeps interesting. some love story going. I don't know that Don Draper deserves love. Whoa. 
Yeah. And I read a very, I'll dig it up for you guys so we can put it on the Tumblr, but I read a really amazing theory last year when the season was airing about how a lot of people think Don Draper is the devil. What? <laughs> but people really think that he kind of embodies like our worst, everyone's worst, in, you know, habits like everything your worst inclination your worst everything he's sort of an embodiment and he kind of embodies like american consumerism and all that stuff i don't think he's a very redeemable character at all i i agree with you but then i also think that the writers really build a lot of sympathy for him the whole anna storyline uh the suitcase episode i mean his whole relationship with peggy and and that I feel like he's genuinely doing the work out of like an artist's drive. Like he loves the work. He wants to do it well. I mean, there's kind of an integrity there about his love for the work that I, I can get behind. I know everyone thinks it's, it's such a fabulous episode and I really like the episode a lot, but I think I'm just missing the, I'm missing something. I think that episode is, like the Peggy show for me, basically. I mean, I, I find what happens with Don and Anna to be very interesting and the way that he seems to be like loathing himself for not being able to make that phone call. But mm -hmm. for Peggy in that episode, it's sort of all about where she actually has this concrete decision she has to make of family and personal life versus work. And it goes sort of all the way back to season one where, and again, here I'm like, I've watched it all in two weeks because I don't have a life. Um, I think it's in the very first episode where she sort of makes this unspoken decision to herself after seeing all these secretaries crying in the bathroom that mm -hmm. she will never do that. And in this right. episode, she breaks down crying in the bathroom. And it's the first time we've ever seen that kind of a moment from her. And it's just really powerful for me. Yeah, I feel like this whole episode for Peggy really represents the two paths she could go as a woman. And they were black and white back then, you know, be with a guy and your family and get married and have kids or give your life to this job and be ambitious and do something that fulfills this artistic part of your soul. I have to say that in this case, um, Wiener and I are kind of on the same page, I think. Because he makes her boyfriend, I mean, he's just a... He's a drip. He's yeah. a drip, and her family's completely, you know... Oh, her mom is the worst. Ball. I love when she goes, thanks for inviting the people I hate, or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God, guys, you know what is the best part of this whole season that made me laugh till I was crying is when Ida Blankenship dies. Oh, poor oh. Ida. <laughs> yeah my favorite line is from the suitcase where don's just drunk and he's like ida blankenship was a hellcat yeah <laughs> cooper doesn't have his balls roger's writing a book it's just like yeah fantastic God, it's funny <laughs> roger and Love his it. book roger and his book is my favorite thing in the world so you guys, I found on the LA Times the Don, Devil and Don Draper that came out in July 2003-2010, so a little ways through the season. Just check this out. Uh, they start the article with a quote from Albert Brooks's character in Broadcast News. And just <laughs> listen to this quote, and we'll just think on it, and we'll address it later. Okay, quote, what do you think the devil is going to look like if he's around? 
Nobody's going to be taken in if he has a long red ponytail. He will look attractive and he will be nice and helpful and he will get a job where he influences a great God-fearing nation and he will never do an evil thing. He will just bit by little bit lower standards where they are important. Just coax along flash over substance and he'll get all the great women. Unquote. Awesome. <laughs> That's Don Draper. That's amazing. It's also, it's also sort of about advertising too, right? Exactly. Yeah. That just brings me to my one of my big points about why I love this show so much is I think the I love all of the themes they hit on, but I think using advertising to explore these themes is pretty genius. Just as, as like I'll always as boring as season two could have been and weird as season three. I can, that's kind of the reason I always love this show. That's what brings me back year after year. So Brandy, I think you wanted to talk about Betty. Oh right. I, I was thinking about Betty when we were talking about the way that Peggy knows Don, but she doesn't know about his past yet. And I find the anger that Betty has in season four to be kind of fascinating because she finds out everything about Don at the end of season three. And then before she has a chance to sort of digest it at all, she just leaves him for Henry. And it's like she's going through this thing where she's she never processed any of that in any useful way and she becomes so angry in season four it's just it's it's almost difficult to watch and then of course she takes it out on sally and we know that we know that betty had fairly mean parents as well um so obviously she doesn't really know how to be a good parent god you guys sally sally's gonna be a disaster of a teenager I just want her to become like a lesbian artist. She'd be yeah, totally. (laughs) Wait, is she too young for Summer of Love? She's gonna be one of the lesbian Avengers. It's gonna be great. Yeah. (laughs) She certainly has no interest in Glenn. So. (laughs) Totally. I think everyone has has assumed she's going to be a lesbian. (laughs) Why do we think that? It's so transgressive. (laughs) I totally. I just. I think it's like the ultimate rebellion. And I just love, I, she, what I think is so fascinating with her dynamic with Betty, Betty becomes more and more of a child in this season, even to the point that the psychologist is like, I'm a child psychologist. You shouldn't want to talk to me. And then when she curls up in Sally's bed in her super pink bedroom, I mean, there's just like so many images of her regressing into this child stage where Sally is realizing her power and growing up and growing into this kick-ass woman that's going to become a lesbian avenger you know and so <laughs> well i mean sally's been mixing drinks since she was what four like yeah right. she's been like an adult what she's been like a cooler woman than i am the entire show <laughs> i keep thinking about the older sister in the wonder years mm. yeah. you think I that's who she's going to become yeah, I kind of see this like Karen Arnold. Like, totally, and she's just gonna like give Don the middle finger, take his credit card, and go to San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, baby. I think they could do anything with her because Karen and Shipka is a f- phenomenal actress. They got lucky. I mean, nobody knows if someone's gonna be phenomenal when they're four. You, know? you guys, I was watching the Today Show this morning, and they had the whole cast on, which is kind of interesting. There, I think they're clearly trying to kind of mainstream this puppy and get more viewers. You know, but Matt Lauer asks her in front of the whole cast. She's like, he's like, do you? You could be on Nickelodeon. <laughs> I mean, she's like. 
I, I guess I could. She's very articulate and adorable. She's like, I mean, I think I'll I'll stick with this for a while. <laughs> there was, I think I sent this to Shannon or maybe to all of you, a scene where she was on stage with Matthew Weiner at the Writers Guild Awards. And the bit that they did was they had her do the entire No Wire Hangers monologue from Mommy <gasps> Dear. <laughs> what? And she was committed. And she was so good. Because she oh. was just like, this is no more disturbing than what you've already had me do, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you could so do that. Good. If you could do that, you should absolutely not be on Nickelodeon. She's also, Kiernan Shipka's also was in this comedy, web comedy series where she's a psychiatrist to child actors. Has anyone wow. seen this? No, that, I know that sounds it. amazing. It is amazing. It's fantastic. I will also put that on yeah, the blog. We'll find that. We'll do a little ode to Kiernan on the Tumblr. Yeah. I think one She's... thing I love about us damsels so much is we are such nerds that we know all the weird videos that the <laughs> actors have been in, and we will post them to you, our faithful listeners, on our Tumblr, so you can also nerd out during your boring work day. <laughs> Sometimes we're inspired to create our own videos and tributes, like I would like to make a Betty and Glenn video. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Someone needs to make a, a Sterling Cooper and Ida Blankenship one. <laughs> oh my God. Ida, Ida Blankenship would be like, it's so hard to say goodbye. Oh no. Or oh. Ida. So guys, what are your predictions? I mean, it's been two years. We've obviously have had a lot of time to think about it. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I read a really good article lately that was sort of um, predicting that we're really going to get into some civil rights stuff in this season, which the show has kind of avoided so far. And I think that that's intentional because it is very much about the lives of people who sort of ignore that sort of thing until they... Oh, no, that chocolate bunny. Anymore. That chocolate bunny was progressive. I mean, that... Oh, God. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, talk so about like, a double offensive term. Oh, Lane. Um, so I, I think we are going to have a, a relatively close to real time jump. And I think that that means it's going to be, what, like 1967 and we're not going to be able to really ignore this issue anymore. So yeah. I think that will be a major component of the coming season. And I, I hope it is, honestly, because I think there's obviously great, great stories to tell there. And I would love to see them attempt to diversify Sterling Cooper, Draper Bryce, and watch Roger's head explode. I think, too, the 1967 and beyond, in addition to Detroit race riots um, and all the other civil rights stuff and the Civil Rights Act of 68, I think the Summer of Love, you guys, is 67. So these guys, I've always thought, are they represent this older culture, you know? Like they, what if they Peggy's come... hippie friends try to take her to the summer of <laughs> like take oh, her to I hope she does. Ooh, that would <laughs> be great. Think, my prediction is that I think the men, these ad men have never been the hippest. You know, throughout the series, they've always been, you know, the Volkswagen ad came. Like they've never quite, they've always been kind of the stodgy, old fashioned ones. And they're never quite, you know, pushing boundaries with their creative. I think we will see Roger and Dawn become relics that represent sort of a past America. Dawn Draper 
wore earplugs to the Beatles concert in safety. <laughs> Oh, such an old man, you guys. That is all. <laughs> That's all you need to say. I think it would be fascinating to watch him lose that it factor that has basically propelled him through his entire career to the point where he can disappear for three weeks to California and then come back and be like, what's the big, guys? <laughs> I think he can evolve with the cool. I don't think he's going to be outdated yet. He is. He's good at evolving with things and adapting and kind of getting in there. You know, I don't think he's going to grow sideburns yet, but he's a chameleon. <laughs> we have seen him change to fit whatever he needs to fit. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, I don't know, the devil. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, hearing the word sideburns makes me want to discuss something very important, which is... Um, we have seven seasons, right? We have three seasons to go, and we're already in 1966 at the end of season four. Mm -hmm. Here's the question. Do we really want to see Mad Men enter the 1970s? Do we really want to see Don Draper with sideburns and a polyester leisure suit? Nobody wants to see that. Like Don Draper on Quaaludes. At a key party in yeah, Connecticut. Yeah, at a key party. I kind of want to see it just because it's like going to an awkward costume party. This is a show that is so dependent on its look and style and like the incredibly cool style of Mad Men that people want to emulate and, and, and be like. And I just don't see 1972, you know, as anything anyone wants to wear. <laughs> yeah, Mad Men is basically like the story of our grandparents. <laughs> yeah. What is your prediction for Betty? I mean, her, she feels so stuck right now. I, I can't imagine where she's going to go next. I remember feeling at the end of season four and then she got pregnant, the actress, January Jones. And then there were rumors that she might not get signed to come back. So I actually was sort of emotionally prepared to be done with Betty altogether. Is that weird? Did anyone else feel that? I didn't feel like she was going to be done, no. The most interesting thing I can think of to have happened to Betty would be if Henry died and then she had to deal with the fact that this new life that she created that is already not working too well for her if it just vanished and all of a sudden she had to like get a job or something that would be fascinating to me. I think she's going to turn into that mean mom in the 70s that used to be a babe but now just kind of smokes Virginia Slims all day <laughs> and yells at her kids <laughs> She's going to go to the key party with Henry. Totally. Oh God. I can't wait to see Betty and Megan in a room together. Oh Betty's going to bite her head off and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. See, at least Faye would have held her own. You know? Ugh, I already miss Faye. I miss Faye too. Faye was so pretty too. Oh. I miss Faye. I think that the company is going to survive. I mean, I I hope to see them in a, a rebirth, a, you know, a really positive time when we start the show. I, I you yeah, know, I'm I, done with them being sad and it's hard. Yeah, I think they're going to land. I actually, I would put money on them landing a really super big account. Well, I can't wait for the new season to start, though. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it so much. So the exciting thing is, is that three of the damsels will be together the premiere and people are coming and they're dressing up and we're going to photoshop Therese dressed up in the pictures <laughs> <laughs> yes Therese you're doing that 
<laughs> only to be posing with a drink and like a shrimp in your hand. Oh you boy. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're gonna have a big Mad Men premiere party. So I really hope that you, as the listeners, that you guys throw a party and then you post your pictures on our Facebook or on our Tumblr because I'd love to see people dressed up, you know, eating appetizers and drinking old fashions, watching the show. It's exciting. Well, great. Well, we're so excited to have all these listeners from Mad Fans. Hopefully, it's some of our old Downton Gabby fans. In honor of the season premiere, I'm going to pull out a pack of cigarettes at my desk at work and just light up. <laughs> and, then take, and then take a three-hour martini lunch break. <laughs> I'm just going to just pull out a bottle from my from my drawer casually and just pour a straight glass. Oh. I work at a school, so I can't get away with that, but maybe I'll pick something up and throw it at the wall. Yeah, (laughs) just drive a tractor in. Just drive a tractor in. Come on. Let's all do something weirdly subversive at work. Oh, I'm going to have three abortions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just wear like a pregnant belly and be like, I'm not, I'm not pregnant. I'm just, I'm just feeling a little bloated, guys. Come on. I'm gonna wear a pregnant bell. I'm gonna wear a pregnant belly and smoke. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then go ball in the ladies' restroom. I'm just gonna eat a cheese ball and Jello for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> These are all really good plans. <laughs> These are really good plans. See, obviously, working, work, working was way more fun. In the 60s. Yeah, I love that, like, sitting in your chair reading a newspaper with a drink was working. I could do that all day long, guys. It makes me so... I think about it at work sometimes where now we live in this age of email and Twitter and everything's so fast. And when I watch Mad... Oh, Twitter. When I watch Mad Men, I love thinking of, yes, I sent that memo in the mail. And the guy... (laughs) He won't receive it for a day, and then he probably won't get me an answer for another day. So I've got two days to just, you know, drink martinis and chill. Yeah. Like, it was amazing. I know. Born at the wrong time. But they had a harder time podcasting. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to us every week. We're going to be doing weekly recaps uh, of each show. We have Facebook at Mad Femmes. We have our Tumblr madfems.tumblr.com where we are constantly finding all of these crazy theories and videos and making it very easy for you to go as crazy for Mad Men as we are. So stay tuned and thank you for listening to this first episode of Mad Fems. Mm-hmm.